All right, are you good to go? Yeah. I said, are you good to go? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I killed him. What the fuck's going on down there? What's up? It's WTF at TFW. Everything we eat is at least from this century. Hi, Seth. Hi. I don't eat anything from the 1900s anymore. We've both been, it turns out, we separately went on YouTube journeys about channels that do what I would call stunt eating, be it eating very old food or eating lots of food in a dumbass way. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, don't don't do that, by the way. Don't don't do that. I watched a guy try to eat something that was made... Maybe in the 1800s, and if it was made in the 1900s, it was in 1902, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't die. But so good for him. There was a <laughs> the channel Ashens sometimes pops open very old food, and uh, I believe at one point he had a chocolate that was either from the early 1900s or the late 1800s. I can't quite remember. And he came very close to tasting it until he noticed, like I think, if I remember correctly, and I may be mixing videos up. I think that the chocolate either had something moldy on it or something like off the metal inside the tin had fused to the chocolate. And he was like, I'm not putting that in me. That's uh, a chemical (laughs) reaction that should not enter my body. So I will not. But I will look over this tin. It was still really fascinating. Like the chocolate was still embossed. It was like a a thing for buying a tin of tea from some company. Uh, Hmm. But. Uh, one thing that remains ageless, because really the lion's only 30-some years old, so we haven't had enough time for plastic to degrade, are Transformers, which is what this podcast Plus is Plus it's about. gold plastic. Womp, womp. Don't squeeze your randy. Uh, well, we're, we're going to talk uh, at first about Transformers that are anything but expirable. You could say they're evergreen. Uh, we got a dump of... Always green. Evergreen designs. This might not have been entirely... Um, on purpose, I'm not sure, but these all popped up in a an iPhone uh, app called Quid, uh, which is a trading card sticker app, which dropped a bunch of stickers of evergreen designs nobody had seen yet. Um, and apparently a lot of these might be evergreen designs getting used for the new Cyberverse cartoon. Uh, it sounds like the Cyberverse cartoon is going to pull from a lot of the evergreen uh, stack for its character designs, which is nice because a lot of those evergreen designs look really good. Uh, and Cyberverse is the story where a majority of the episodes will be Bumblebee reminiscing or not reminiscing. It's him recalling old uh, adventures as he tries to repair his memory. Um, so seeing some of these designs uh, means that this seems like, you know, the story potential for that could go all over the place. Uh, these designs include Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Megatron, Starscream, Grimlock, Windblade, Barricade, Hound, Wheeljack, Shockwave, and Soundwave. Uh, the big surprise in this one, um, you, you, I know you all think I'm going to say Barricade. For me, he was a big surprise, but honestly, the big surprise is Hound, because Hound has not mattered for a very long time. Uh, so it's interesting to see Hound get a brand new design. Uh, and it, it looks good. Uh, the barricade design is super doing it for me because it's taken all the good stuff from the last night version of, of that character, which I think is the only one that really could do a G1 translation. Um, you might be asking a bit much to translate the, the 07 design, but, uh, we've got these designs here. And then, uh, we also have, uh, some like 
more technical versions of the designs, along with some words from one of the folks who worked on them, Emiliano Santalucia, uh, who's a pretty awesome illustrator designer. And uh, in general, it just looks like, like some cool stuff that we'll be seeing uh, all over the place for the next little while. Um, so I'm, I'm down for a lot of these. Seth, I think we've talked about the evergreen designs before. Uh, obviously, these are not like literally toys. These are like they're made so that you could do toys of them, but they're primarily just made as designs, uh, mostly robots. Uh, how are some of these catching you? Do any, any of them stick out to you in particular? Well, Hound is literally the most evergreen. That's right. He's uh, green all over. Yeah, when we talked about it before, it was just that the idea was out there. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm not seeing the sound wave in these pictures. I'm scrolling up and down. I don't see the sound wave. Yeah, I, I, I just noticed he's, he's definitely in the second link uh, where it's like the turnarounds. Oh, um, okay. But I didn't. This news story does imply his sticker was in there, so maybe <laughs> it hadn't been dug out of the app yet or, or something. Oh, uh, there's the sound. Uh, um, yeah, like they're all pretty recognizable. I mean, they're all very recognizable as, as to who they're supposed to be. Hmm. Um, Barricade is probably the most unique just because that police car, Decepticon, um, is maybe one of the newer concepts in here. I mean, besides Windblade, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, the the design they're pulling from is is I think the newest thing because it's mostly from the fifth movie. Um, right, but even still, like uh, elements of his color scheme and head design are are yeah, yeah. different than the movie. Um, so that that's why I consider him more unique because it's it's a character with less history yeah. than a lot of these other ones. And it's one that you have to do um, more work to fit in with these guys. Whereas, like from the ground up, Windblade was designed basically as a classics character uh, for the most yeah. part. Yeah, and like um, Starscream has some newer kind of design feel to him, um, while still you know the color scheme and general concepts to his shape, like the the null rays on his on his arms and the wings behind his back and the two towers on the sides of his heads are clearly star screen. Yeah. Uh just the angles are more modern and newer. Um I really like the hound design. Um I would be interesting to see that become a toy. Um just in he has like bullet strips. Um oh yeah. Connecting his forearm to somewhere else that's a weird movie hound detail to bring over but it it, it kind of you know they're not overdoing it it sort of works yeah it looks like the back does it look like the back of his hands are gun barrels kind of i don't know if that's knuckles or gun. I, I don't think he's in the turnarounds so yeah i'm yeah, not sure i think it's just knuckles but um you would have to imagine he must have guns in his forearms if he has bullets feeding into a into it like what, um, if, he does, what if he's just I like could, i'm just gonna get the bullets going and then i'll figure the rest out later and they're like hound you can't just punch people with bullets in your forearms and he's like no it'll work <laughs> yeah well i could see that maybe being a difficulty if translated over to a toy mm-hmm. just because then you have you'd have to have like a soft plastic piece running like that and who knows how that's going to affect transformation and whatnot yeah and i've i've had old boba fett toys where they try to have the the little tubing that connects to his forearm and it 
always would make me nervous that it was going to end up breaking at some point. Given that these evergreen designs right now seem to mostly be like, as far as toys coming out, they tend to be more simplified toys. I'd expect yeah. that like finer details, like those bullet belts would either be sculpted on or just left off. Like sculpted yeah. on in that they're just like sculpted onto the, the different arm pieces. Um, but yeah, but I'd have to oh. say I think the two that I'm least impressed with are Bumblebee and and uh, Ratchet. They just seem too generic in a way. Yeah, Bumblebee is is very much his 2013 toy in a lot of ways, and I I did feel like kind of to a detriment of like I have trouble not seeing just the 2013 toy. Um where he's got like the door wings back there but he's a modern car but somehow it's it's yeah. not really engaging me the way that I feel that still should. Uh Ratchet I don't mind. Ratchet is not I don't really have a reaction to to be honest. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, there you go. Well, I I mean that's why I think he's one of the more boring designs cuz he's just Yeah. just playing. He just seems playing. Um and you know sometimes well somebody's got to be the boring one I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> It's like really good ones and really bad ones are interesting and just the middle of the road are boring. Yeah. <laughs> like they just don't move the needle in any direction. <laughs> and that's what I would say about Ratchet and the Bumblebee designs. Yeah, I'd say like none, none of these strike me as as like really bad at all. It's like, yeah, at, yeah. at worst it's, you know, I have no reaction or with Bumblebee it's like, you're reminding me too much of something I saw a couple years ago and not in the nostalgic way, just like in the, yeah. like, Oh, it's this again. <laughs> yeah. And Windblade looks very much like she's always looked in a lot of ways too. Now that I'm really looking at that a little more. Yeah. Um, like she, like she's the one where not good. really different, but just very the same. Yeah. I was going to say Windblade is like, like from what I said before, her being designed kind of for classics, it sort of means that like she was designed, I guess, in a way that fits in with whatever Evergreen is without having to really do that much differently. Yeah. Um, like on the whole, it seems like they, and thankfully they've given up on the high heel thing that the original toy had. Um, in general, it seems Windblade just has boots these days and that's for the better. Uh, makes for better toys, makes for toys that don't fall down, um, makes for a, a better look. Like, she's still got, like, the the thruster chunk as a heel, but it's not, like, the t the little, like, straight-up stiletto heel thing that the 2013 toy was doing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, by the way, as for, like, what these designs are for, uh, Emiliano Santalicia, um, he's got a whole quote uh, up, but the, the big thing from this is he's basically saying, like, they, uh, his understanding as a freelance designer is that they're a unified look for main characters in the Transformers universe to be used across a variety of products and media. Uh, he's seen these designs popping up on lots of licensed merchandise. Uh, they started to be featured in the IDW comics on the Authentics toy line, and to his amazement, they also became the base for the new Cyberverse cartoon. Um, when, when he mentioned the IDW comics, I was looking at these again, and I was like, oh, you know, like, there are aspects of, like, the Wheeljack and Starscream... And and bits of that sound wave that I definitely have seen in IDW, just not in ways that like make me say, ah, these are the this is where they came from. It's more like IDW kind of pulled just a few specific details. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting, like seeing like uh, characters in this uh, design set beyond like you know Optimus, Megatron, Bumblebee, Starscream. 
Like, I'm getting a better idea for the feel of this whole thing now that we're seeing, you know, Wheeljack and Hound and etc. Um, like, like we're saying, I, I think that if this is the basis for a lot of the G1 referential stuff going onwards, like, that's nothing bad about it. Like, it all looks very strong. Um, I just also really hope we get something not G1 referential in the next, like, two or three years. <laughs> Uh, but I am also happy to see, like, Barricade doing the crossover thing that Bulkhead and, uh, and Lockdown did, of, like, Barricade clearly is the movie breakout character now. Like, he's the one who will exist outside of the live-action movie universe. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah, like, one thing with these designs being, like, the base to go across different, different, um, presentations, Mm -hmm. is I could see how you could go heavier on the details like like they look in this when you're making something to appeal to the the older fans Mm -hmm. and then you could see where you could easily like smooth it out and simplify it yeah for a cartoon or for the the kids birthday card or something yeah, like yeah, they they Bumblebee says, "Have a great birthday." Na 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 na. <laughs> you open the card; it's got the sound chip. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like, uh, I think these that that that's part of what I think is so smart about these designs is like they're, I guess in, to to use one word for it, they're very smoothable. Um, and like you know, with Hound, we were just saying like I, I think you could easily like just remove the bullet chains and he'd still look completely fine. It's just those are like an extra detail that you could work into a fancy toy. Uh, they also have these, like, um, the, oh, what did they, they had a word for this when they showed the Megatron a couple weeks ago, but, like, the sort of fake engineering uh, cutaways where they're showing, like, how hypothetical joints could work on these designs. Um, I think that's really cool, too. That goes, that's that's saying, like, hey, we, we might not make a superposable figure of these guys, but, for example, on the Starscream one, here's how his wrist joints could work. Here's how his knee joints could work with this design. Um, I think that's, that's, that's all quite fascinating and... Uh, and again, setting a really good like uh a good soil to build from on these um so we'll see uh we'll see how stuff goes when cyberverse comes out when uh, when more of the uh the authentics stuff hits shelves, whatever it may be uh in the meantime, Seth, we've got us a listener question here from enigma two k two and I would like you to read it for me, okay, let me click over to that tab, yeah. <clears throat> Okay, genius, count these. Oh, man. Mighty Orbots, where do you stand? And how do I get Seth Buzzard, I can't even say my own name, to read all my listener questions? Do I call him a wuss? There, four questions. Shut up, I can count smart. So how do I, Seth, how how does one get some, how does someone get you to read all their listener questions? Keep them short. Do they call because the longer something is, the more likely I am to stumble over words. Do they call you a wuss? <laughs> no. Okay. Just keep them short. <laughs> like this one was pretty short. Yeah, it was perfect, perfectly formatted. Also, like, where do you stand, man? God Mars. God Mars. Yep. You're full God Mars. Yeah. All right. Mighty Orbots is God Mars rip off knockoff cheap knockoff. I uh God Mars. I when I was when I was younger I was with you until I tried to watch God Mars. Now I just don't care. Uh, 
All my nostalgia for God Mars has nothing to do with any media relating ne- to God Mars. Never <laughs> try to watch. Look, you know, I, I might be wrong. It might get better, but like, I tried to watch God Mars, and like, that was I. That that is like the. It's like Nyquil, but anime. Like it, it like it can. It's designed like it just put me to sleep constantly. Uh, so I, I'm gonna say tentative, like not tentatively. I'm gonna say right now I lean Mighty Orbots because all the goofy knockoffs of God Mars toys tend to reference Mighty Orbots. So let's do it. Let's just do masterpiece Mighty Orbots. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Those aren't four questions. Okay, so I just did a Google image search for Mighty Orbots. Mm-hmm. And the second image in the third row, or no, fourth row, uh, it just starts becoming God Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God Mars is getting a new, uh, I think he's getting a new Bandai oh. figure. Uh, I can't remember. And now some Vehicle Voltron is mixed on. Vehicle Voltron is interesting. I like it better when it's Die Rugger. Man, I see it. Vehicle Voltron shows up quick in this image search. Yeah. If uh, if there's a new God Mars that isn't hundreds and hundreds of, hundreds of dollars, I might be excited for that. I can't remember. Every now and then I go looking for that Sola Chijokin yeah. God Mars and see that you still can't find it for less than 350 or more dollars, and then I go. I feel I like that just got a re, either just got a re-release or has a re-release coming up. I'm gonna. I think it already happened. Damn, because I would have been this year. I'm really sure. Uh, I I want to say I think I saw it, and it was still like three hundred dollars. So it's yeah. It's not like they re-released it cheaper. Uh, that that is correct. <laughs> But uh, there's also, I think it might be Super Mini Pla. It might be putting out a God Mars. Uh, it's like a little model kit version. Uh, I'm gonna look mm-hmm. that up too. Um, someone's putting out a God Mars that's small and does the combining thing. And uh, oh, it might be Motoroid. It's another kit. So there's a lot of model kit stuff going on right now. Uh, yeah, Motoroid is doing God Mars. That's uh, Sentinels model kits, I believe, coming out through Good Smile. Uh, and they're having the thing where you can have it built as the all the six robots or as God Mars. I don't know how much part swapping you have to do to combine them, but there is that. Some dingus has a picture on here of the Solitra Joke and God Mars standing next to a Mighty Orbots DVD. Ooh, <laughs> true fan. Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, I hope that answered your uh, multiple questions, uh, Enigma 2K2. Uh, Seth, let's get into the real the real toy news here. Oh snap! Uh, usually, I don't cover stuff that just came out in our topic lists because usually one of us will have picked it up sometime soon. But a, I don't know if any of us actually want to drop the cash on these, and b, they're no. out, and I and and now we can see how they look in their finished forms. Street Fighter Cross Transformers, the two two packs have come out. Um, the first thing I really want to highlight is that the packaging is 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 awesome. Uh, they are packaged doing all their Street Fighter moves, uh, and it, it looks really cool. Um, also, the the final versions of these with their full decos and everything are totally working for me uh, for the concept. Uh, I think it still kind of sucks that RC is not the Headmaster RC, but instead just the 2013 RC, because uh, it just means she's getting like robbed of extra accessories, basically, and looks way uh-huh. smaller than all the other ones. Um, well, she's a girl. 
So and so is the Headmaster RC toy. <laughs> like Headmaster RC just would I it would have fit in with but this Chun-Li's so much better. Um I think it still would have I think it would have worked as a better Chun Li as well. because uh, you wouldn't have had all the stuff on her back. Um but nonetheless, uh M Bison I think to me is the real standout here. He comes with a Ryu. Uh Ryu and Ken have meat paint on them and it looks weird. Uh I kinda like how it looks weird. Anyway, uh, Seth, what's your reaction now that these have come out? Uh, horrified. <laughs> these things are horrifying. Uh, they're just ridiculous. All the meat. All Ryu the meat paint. has just, yeah, just has like a flesh triangle painted on his chest. Yep. <laughs> it's, and then, so he has like the Optimus Prime faceplate. It's meat. Flesh color. It's meat. It's a big, oh, Lord. big mouthless flat plate of meat. I want to. My imagination for these is that all the parts that are meat colored are just like big, like kind of slightly squared off blocks of flesh. So like when they transform, you get all these kind of like unpleasant slapping noises. <laughs> uh, Very oddly textured slabs of flesh. Yep, they just make weird noises. Um, I, I really like the the M Bison. Um, they the, the way that they got the hat to kind of show through the Megatron helmet uh, is super working for me. Um, the Ken and Ryu are kind of like they're okay, but I wish I could shed them from this four pack to make it a two, or these two two packs to make it like M Bison and Chun Li, and Chun Li is also a different toy. Then I would be super down for this. Unfortunately, it's not the case. Um, because Ken and Ryu are both, they're like fine, but they also are, I don't know, they, I don't know how to put it any better than this. They kind of feel like they're the thing I have to get to get the other two. Because um, uh-huh. I think that, I think that RC Chun-Li and Megatron M. Bison pull off the concept incredibly well. Uh, whereas Ken and Ryu are, are more so like really just forcing it to work through paint apps. Uh, uh-huh. I'll be, they make it work through those paint apps, but they are doing like, they're just, it's, it's just like the sledgehammer approach, you know, it's like, Hey, this, uh, this, you're trying to put that square peg through that round hole. Well, what if I just smash the peg until it's just a circle? It's like, well, you could do that. Or you could just go get a circular peg. I don't know. Uh, I think the most disappointing thing relating to these figures is that if GoBots had survived and carried on to this day as a separate transforming toy line then they could have looked at this and went uh we're gonna get the mortal Kombat license then oh that would have been so cool and then we could have had mortal Kombat go bots except for um it probably still would have been like more japanese focused so it would have ended up being like snk snk go bots or something that would be so cool though <laughs> Like everything you're saying sounds like this excellent idea that I would really like to see and and partake in. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm hoping that maybe like via Mandarake or something I can either like you know track these down for not too expensive or ideally just track down an M Bison. Um, A leader one that turns to Liu Kang. Yeah. Oh, and he's just all flesh painted. Psychill becomes Hamster. Samsung. Oh, Shang Tsung. Shang Sam Samsung is his like little little cousin. Sa- Samsung yeah. can't shapeshift into other fighters. He can just shapeshift into like different flowers. Yeah, I'm still getting over having a sickness. That's all right. You have to forgive my ability to speak. I got you covered. Uh, 
But just in case we you know we had listeners who didn't know these things either were coming out or had come out, they have now come out. If you want some right. Street Fighter Cross Transformers, you can now go and track those down. Uh, they're, I believe, rather pricey. They have a ton of paint on them, and they're limited release items, and they're a cross-license thing, so that's why they would be more pricey. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing these in person this summer, because I'm sure convention dealer rooms will be full of them. Uh, and I would like, I'd like to see these in person. Uh, Seth, any other thoughts on Street Fighter Cross Transformers? <laughs> Not really. I don't think there's that much to say about them. Except for they're really weird, and they're for a very specific group of people, and I'm not one of them. You think they might uh, might do a wave two? Maybe do do Jimmy Blanca? I, I don't know. Like it's such a odd thing. It it it. I don't know. It doesn't feel like something they would do more of. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be surprised you know? if I see any more of these. Like there's <laughs> there's not really any. I think they'd have to do like gangbusters for for them to do any more runs of them um, or any more concepts. Yeah, and then in. it's gonna be a while. Yeah, and then it will probably be newer characters. I don't know. I think like Yuri. I think they'd probably like stick to the uh, the SF two mains the way they did with these first bunch um, because you know Takara Tomi knows how to do nostalgia cash in. They know what the focus for that kind of thing is. I'm attributing a lot without actually knowing any facts. I'm just making a lot of guesses. I dropped something. That's what that was. Uh, Seth, we have another weird. listener question. I would like to see what they try to make Dulcim out of, though. Oh, um, <laughs> damn it. I had an answer for that back when this was first announced. Now I can't remember who it was. Uh, there's some, someone who had the right... Ab- Grimlock. There's, there was someone <laughs> whose limbs you could pull an extendy gimmick out of due to how they transformed, and now I forgot who it was. Oh. Like There's there's animated Shockwave. You could do him, but that's, that's reaching back. That's not following the pattern. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't remember now. Uh, I feel like oh, wow. I feel like we as a fandom had settled on who Dalsum would be months ago when this was announced. Either we'll be tweeted it after this episode comes out, and or someone will post in the thread that they will. Please do, by the way. Uh, and while we wait for your post, uh, we've got a listener question here from Whelp D. Whelp D. Who says, Dear Vangelis and the uh, podcast crew, I have a question which I think only the great minds of WTF podcast can debate. The question comes in two parts. Uh Uh, Number one, what Transformers come to your mind when you think of the A-list Transformers character? Uh, You know, the ones that by Hasbro law must appear in every cartoon, both Decepticon and Autobot. And number two, do you think a cartoon series and toy line can survive without these A-listers being the main stars? Or do you think it would fail? If needed, they could have a brief episode cameo. Uh, Thanks for reading my question. Hope you have a great show. Whelp D. P.S. Rider Click. So... The A-list, Seth. We've talked about the A-list many times. Uh, yeah. That's your uh, your Optimus Megatron, Bumblebee, Starscream, Grimlock, Soundwave. I feel like that's the that's the pattern for that. Yeah, and I want to say Grimlock wasn't part of that list for a really long time, but is now. Yep. As of which makes me think he could be replaceable. I think it was as of Age of Extinction uh, when the Dinobots were put back into the the greater public consciousness and. I think that that's what keeps him. I don't think he he would be replaced anytime soon, but I think that's what keeps him at the same distance as uh, as the Soundwave. Although Soundwave is uh-huh. like the most immediately recognizable Transformers character as far as like media. Soundwave is always always seems to be one of the ones that that shows up at, like much later 
in a, in a recognizable form. Um, yeah. And I, I think those really are like your A-listers um, for the most part. I mean, like nowadays you could also throw in probably Bulkhead and Windblade, um, just given that they have appeared in a lot of media and seem to be like mm-hmm. uh, their go-tos because they, they also fulfill aesthetic, you know, slots in a character layout really well. Um, well, I could see either one of them taking Grimlock's place, mm-hmm. but they're like right now i imagine them as being the next tier of characters down yeah but if there was some sort of decision made at hasbro like ah, oh, we're not going to do grimlock this time around then it's either going to be windblade or or bulkhead that fills the the spot as it were yeah and uh and i i can't think of any other decepticons other than like like they kind of have pushed shockwave as being part of the a-list although i feel he doesn't show up enough in in mm-hmm. multiple medias to really be called that um but there's certainly like there's a set of vinyl figures seven inch tall, i think six or seven inch tall vinyl figures that came out recently very g1 oriented and among them was also a uh, a rid bumblebee and a rid prime uh shockwave and it felt like that was a, a sort of pushing shockwave up and i mean shockwave is featuring heavily in cyberverse's first wave he's he's in the evergreen design so like I feel like Shockwave is one of the ones they want to be in the A-list as well. Um, yeah. And so going on to part two, do you think a cartoon series and toy line could survive without the A-listers being the main stars? Uh, I like. I feel that question's been answered almost by RID 2015, where like Bumblebee was the main protagonist, in a sense. But other than that, the A-listers were cameos, for the most part. Um, yeah. Optimus Prime was in a lot of episodes after season one, but I feel like like that alone already says he was not a main character at the inception. Therefore, it's hard to really like you know hold him up as as part of the one of the main stars. They they'd show him in the intro, but he was not in a lot of episodes. Uh, so I think Rid 2015, barring Bumblebee, kind of proves that it is possible. That's why I liked Rid 2015 so much as a concept. Um, Seth, do you think if they if they were to do another series and then just remove bumblebee as well do you think it could still work because like at the end of the day it's really filling out caricatures and you don't need bumblebee's name to necessarily do that i think it could i think it would be risky Mm. i don't think they have the guts to do it i think if they tried it you would have episode cameos by a-listers within season one and i think the toy line would reorient its artwork and promo material to feature at least Bumblebee um, in maybe a larger role than he has. Kind of like the way he, unless I missed something, like I haven't watched all of Rescue Bots, but my understanding is Bumblebee and Optimus are featured on a lot of Rescue Bots media that isn't the show, but neither of them are actually in the show very much. Um, you know what? Rescue Bots also kind of proves the point, too. I mean, like, it's a beloved show. It's one of the longest running, if not the longest running Transformers cartoon, and the A-listers are barely visible in that show. Um, so I, I think it's entirely proven uh, as, a, as a doable thing. But like you're saying, Seth, like it would be a it'd be a huge risk, and I don't think you would have a situation where A-listers are not at least cameoing, if not entering the cast in a mainstream level by like season two. Yeah, because I mean. Hasbro won't even try to do G.I. Joe without the real American hero cast. Mm. Even to try to save the line. Like, they keep trying it and it keeps not working. 
you'd think it would be at least worth trying to do something different. I feel like you and I in our conversations about this, like, like GI Joe's problem almost is more pinpointed at a lack of of a lack of accepting that the '80s version of GI Joe doesn't work that well outside of the '80s. Right. Um, and like the comic books for GI Joe at Devil's Due and IDW, it seems that IDW have only read a little bit of, and uh, but they. I felt like they were doing really good jobs, and they were breaking lots of convention. But yeah, like I, the comic books are often the first place that gets to do that, and sometimes the only place. And okay. yeah, like real American hero is the ball and chain that will forever doom GI Joe <laughs> until. They can... And they kind of tried with what was a retaliation, Retali- or was that a movie? That was a movie. Is Renegades? It, Resolute was the uh, Renegades. Yeah, Renegades. Was yeah, the Resolute series. was the like the web series. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Renegade, they, they tried a different formula with it, but they couldn't let go of the characters. Yeah. Um, which I kind of think was a mistake. Like, mm. that that could have been an opportunity to... You could have had, like, Duke and whatnot as cameos. Like, Duke is the, an old general now or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then introduce new Joes. And a new threat, like maybe it could still be Cobra, but it's it's a new like Cobra leadership. It's not Destro Baroness and Cobra Commander anymore. It's some new people. Yeah. Um, and maybe Destro is still around. Maybe there's a hint that Cobra Commander is still out there somewhere. Um, but that was a chance to like do a new generation type GI Joe. And they just didn't like it. It's like, and that's why I don't think that they're, they're ever not going to have at least half of those mainstay characters, Mm -hmm. at least in the beginning of a series. Yeah. Like I could see them trying to use less of them at the beginning and then chickening out and bringing back original characters. I think that if they were to do something risky with G.I. Joe, it would be with the caveat of either, like, 84, 85 Joes in the wings, or, like, a big a big button they can push that has the word ninja on it as, like, an escape route. <laughs> uh, and it, it's, it sucks, because, I mean, I've heard the, the counter-argument when we've talked about this before, of, like, what you're saying is basically removing everything people recognize of G.I. Joe from G.I. Joe. But I'm like, that, yeah, that's kind of the point. Like, G.I. Joe is a concept, an international um, anti-terrorist, international task force team, uh, I think still works. Uh, I think that having multiple threats makes it more interesting, and I think that stripping down the caricatures from the 80s and and just replacing them, it certainly robs it of its nostalgic identity, but it takes the core concept and gives it a little little revitalization uh, without, you know, obviously they could just do that and remove the name G.I. Joe as well and do something entirely new, but, you know, I mean, that wouldn't be but bad. But also, either. the concept, I, I think the concept is really difficult for this day and age. Because if it's just an American force dealing with a domestic terrorism situation, which is basically what Cobra was, mm. like in the post 9 11 world, seems uncomfortable. That's why, and then if it's an American force go, traveling around the world dealing with terrorist threats, that's a little too close to some ugly business that happens right now. Yeah. 
So I think you could only do it if it's an international team. And it's it, to me, it's only interesting as an internet. I mean, granted, I'm not American, yeah. so clearly, you know, I have a different viewpoint. But like to me, GI Joe's at its best when it is an international team that that is not you know one government or one country's fighting force. It's all these countries coming together. It's like you know your dream superhero version of the United Nations in a way. And like, uh, I think that that's the only way it works. Like, there's a lot of properties that I think completely benefit from having highly referential aspects even if they rework a lot of the visuals and storytelling and etc i think gi joe is the one that needs to shed the most or at least pull from from stuff that happened outside of the 80s cartoon um to have a hope of working um yeah because like renegades as far as i can tell was really cool uh and then my understanding is Renegades was going to continue on and probably get even better, but then they were they were so gun shy about it due to the way their movies were going. They were like, Renegades is going to go on hold until the second G.I. Joe movie comes out. And then everything about that film was a complete debacle, regardless of the quality of the film. Uh, then you get into the quality of the film, and the thing was like a clip show for a TV series that doesn't exist. Um, and I think that's what that's what really just collapsed the whole thing. Yeah, like multiple groups of bad guys, I think, think would be cool yeah um and then like crossover with mask as we've talked about a million times and then you could still have cobra and you could still have destro but don't have destro be that closely affiliated with cobra just have him leading the iron grenadiers okay great now you have cobra and the iron grenadiers um i'm blanking on the villains from uh from uh from uh action force i action force yeah the red is not the red skulls but uh the oh god that's gonna bug me but something like yeah that. They, they're all red the red ribbon they're crimson <laughs> they have that one of their flying vehicles is a big floating skull with a person in it um dude called the black major yeah because the, the comics were great about pulling all that stuff together idw when they when they yeah. did the hasbro verse um they yanked together part of what i loved about about uh revolutionaries um more so than revolution is that revolutionaries was halfway them just playing with gi joe stuff no one touches on like revolutionaries had a whole thing about uh, Sar- uh what's his name um uh sergeant is it sergeant savage uh uh-huh. yeah they had a whole th- yeah that was they had a whole thing with sergeant savage as like they they did the captain america time displacement story with him and then he woke up in the 90s and then was time displaced again and so he shows up in the 2010s thinking he, he's just gotten used to being in the 90s <laughs> so he tries to do some references and everyone's like what are you talking about and he's like oh man like i just i just spent years getting used to living in the future and now i'm in the farther future uh he wakes up in the 2000s and his first thing is just like man i can't wait to hear all the great records nirvana made while i was asleep they straight up Uh, they straight up had boy kurt cobain sure was a genius (laughs) Uh. they had had a whole music thing with him i think he was going like where's where's my walkman at and one of the younger like tech joes was like a what are you oh my god you're 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 old again (laughs) uh they did some really cool stuff. There was a whole thing with like some some GI Joe stuff from pre American real American hero as well that they they wove into it. Like revolutionaries did really cool ideas with a lot of GI Joe stuff outside of real American hero. Um, they even had like General Claw from GI Joe Extreme as like just this dictator, and he and he's a uh-huh. dictator who has also hired the Predacons. 
And, like, that's his muscle, because the Predacons were, like, guns for hire by that point. So he's like, don't come to my castle, Predaking lives here. <laughs> yeah, like, that would be great if they pulled in all of those villains. Yeah. Oh, is it? I've, I've, I was tr- trying to rack my brain remembering who the Sergeant Savage villain was. Uh, that was General um, Blitzkrieg, okay, uh, there who was go. also in Revolutionaries, and, I believe. And then if you were crossing over with with Mask, then maybe there's an episode... Or a story arc in in a comic, whatever you're doing it in, where the Joes are having to deal with Venom while he over in Mask, the Mask crew is having a run in with Destro. Yeah, I mean, you could pull some concepts from Revolutionaries in the Hasbroverse without you know the Transformers part that would totally work. Like the the history for Miles Mayhem in IDW is he was part of the Adventure Team with Joe Colton. Uh, and like he had a different name, but his, you know, his adventure team name was, was mayhem. Um, and that's also why, you know, in present day, he's so old is he's, he was part of the, the adventure team. He, you know, turned out to be kind of scummy. Uh, everyone hates him. (laughs) Um, they, they, man, revolutionaries was very, very cool. Uh, a lot of people don't like it and that's cool. Whatever. I loved it. It was, it was, it was like sandbox fun. Um, but yeah, there's a lot from that that I think could also be used to patch up G.I. Joe, as well as from the current IDW books. From my understanding, they they were pretty solid. Uh, I only read a couple issues from the tie-ins. I didn't uh, make the time yet to go back and, and read how things went when they added Skywarp to the to the team. Um, but he did appear in the Thundercracker annual, and that was a really good annual. And from what I saw, it seemed like they were doing some, some fun stuff with Skywarp, kind of being stuck in this like submarine with the rest of G.I. Joe. Uh, and continuing to be very unhappy about his role not involving flying very much. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I think that really that turned into a GI Joe question. But you know what? It's just, it was more important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, hope that answers your question, Quelp D. Uh, we are going to uh, bop over to some what we got this week. And this week, me and Seth have a veritable treasure trove of Transformers to tackle. Because uh, Seth, how many did you get? Uh, none. Uh, and uh, he asked me how many I got. How many did you get? None. You know what I still uh, haven't seen? Wave two <laughs> of Power of the Primes oh, no. deluxes. Uh, I have the Voyagers. Yeah, neither have I. You know, I got the Voyagers. I saw Ridiculous. one of the Legends, but I was like, I'm not buying one of the Pretender seats. That's that's just like dropping seven bucks to have a toy. Like, I don't I don't want to do this. Uh. See, I still haven't seen the deluxes, so I got nothing to report, man. Like, <laughs> I can't even think of what's been out lately. I'm not. I, I didn't buy the Street Fighter ones. Uh, I got Masterpiece Barricade, but that was a month or two ago. So, sorry, everybody. I wish I had a better report for you. <laughs> uh, Seth, how's that Kmart looking? Uh, I haven't been in there in a long time. Uh, that's where they all are. But the last time I was in Target... Um... That nothing, nothing new Transformers, mm. nothing new Marvel, and all that they had from the latest series of Star Wars Black were a whole bunch of young Han Solos, and all the Landos and whatever that Stormtrooper is were gone. That Lando looks like a figure I kind of want, except his cape looks terrible, so like... I don't want to pay full price no, for I him. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> his cape looks like a plastic cast that's just wrapped around his upper body. Like, he looks like he's in a cocoon. Uh, and it's hard plastic. So I'm like, I don't I don't get what this cape is for. This cape seems like a waste of time. 
So I want to get him, if I get him, I want to get him a nicer custom-made cape, but that means I don't want to pay full price for Lando, unfortunately. Uh, which is a shame, because I like, I like that actor, I liked his performance. I just saw Solo today, and I came out, and I saw the figures, and I was like, I was all hyped to get a couple of figures from Solo, and then I looked them up online, like, none of those are out until next month at the earliest, the ones that you want. I was like, alright, well, screw you, Wave 1. <laughs> um, I did hear from uh, from David Fake Eyes that apparently Young Han Solo, whether or not you actually want the figure, as a figure, um, apparently is a huge step up for Black Series, and he's hoping that that all that stuff's going to carry through uh, to future waves. Like apparently, the paint apps are really well done. Um, the photorealistic face stuff is is happening in Star Wars, and uh, they apparently redesigned the neck joint as well. I, I didn't look into that yet, but uh, that's mm. good to hear. Um, also, I know he's in the wave, but I've still never seen him. I'm I'm still looking for Tarkin. That's who I want from that wave. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. I see everyone else all the time. That's a Tarkin is in that wave. I thought it was just solo figures because so, I didn't see Tarkin. Someone either. told me on Twitter that Tarkin's in that wave, and I recall a friend of mine said that he he found Tarkin at the EB I was looking at uh, that had those in. Um, cause there's also a Chewbacca, but the Chewbacca was at EB without a number on his box. So I assume he's an exclusive. Uh, uh, that's possible. But yeah, like of that wave, Tarkin's the only one I want. And, and now that I've seen the movie, I double don't want those new stormtroopers. Um, they are, they are, there's like Rogue One did this as well. They are very flippantly a look, I'm a new toy stormtrooper. <laughs> Where it's like, put it in wave one and hope that the nerds troop build it before they see its role in the film. Like, you know, the the kind of the kind of creamy off-white stormtroopers from Rogue One, where they released like uh-huh. a whole bunch of them. One of them was like an exclusive. And then it's like, and guess what? They're not really all that big in the movie. <laughs> Neither are the shadow troopers. They're just they're just literally the goons in the movie. Um. And uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of of risk and say that what I said about the stormtroopers can't possibly be an actual spoiler for a film that just came out. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave I might leave that in. I might chicken out later. We'll see how I feel. Uh, but yeah, uh, I really want uh, L3, and I really want uh, Infisnis, uh who comes with a hover bike. Uh, I, could, I could do without the hover bike, but I really want Infisnis. Um, Star Wars names friggin' suck, man. <laughs> this character, Infus, Infus Nest. And every time anyone said Infus Nest on screen, I had to hear it like four times before I could tell what they were talking about. Because everyone's just having, you know, movie conversation. And they're like, yeah, Infus Nest. Infus Nest. Infus Nest. <laughs> and I'm like, are you guys okay? Uh, but it's just, it's it's Star Wars names. Like you have, I did a tweet about it before, but you have like this this great dissonance of like completely normal names totally Dungeons and Dragons names and then just like George Lucas ass like piles of consonants names yeah. uh, well I remember hearing a criticism when Rogue One came out <clears throat> that I couldn't not agree with um, was everyone came out of Rogue One going like yeah the movie was great I don't know what any of the characters were yeah, named yeah that was me um, <laughs> <laughs> because besides Jin, which is a simple enough name mm-hmm. like when you think of the main heroes from the original trilogy, they were all very simple names. Yeah. And a lot of the names, or some of the names, um, are just like regular-ass names, like Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. And then Han is simple. It's one syllable. Um, 
so it, it's I, I, the, when you start getting into these crazy complicated I names still, like Baze Malbus. Yeah, I, I can never Chimway ear or earworm. I can never whatever. remember Donnie Yen and Gatling Boy's names. The Gatling Gun guy was Baz, right? Baze. Yes, Baze Baze Malbus. Baze Malbus, and and then the blind guy was Chimway. Ir- something that Ir- starts Ir- with an I. I Ir- yeah, I I can't get I can't get my around. It's not good when I call then, Donnie Yen Donnie Yen in regards to his character in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the only reasons why I'm good with the, a lot of the names like Cassian Andor is because I play Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. You see them all the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> especially Bays and Chimway for a long time. Yeah. They were part of the the meta, part of the arena meta for a really long time. And it was really hard to deal with a team that had Baze and Chimway on it together. Because, damn, they're still a tough combo in that game. Mm. They're just not the most devastating combo anymore. Well, uh, you know, I, I know some really good Magic the Gathering combos. That's all I got. Yeah, great. <laughs> cool. You know, you got you got to you got to flash out. You got to use Wrath Compassion to flash out your Torrential Gear Hulk, uh, so you can cast Commit to Memory from uh, from the graveyard. It's good times. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I thought I was gonna get a Star Wars toy today, and then it turns out that neither of the ones I want are actually out yet. Um, so we'll we'll see. I did get something off topic though, Seth. Uh, I I did buy a Nintendo toy when I was at that EB. Because I, oh, no. I saw it on I saw a pre order for it a week or two ago, and I was like, "That's one that I might pick up." Uh, and I saw it in person, and I looked at it, and I was like, "You know, for World of Nintendo, a line that is often kind of trash for its price point, <laughs> um, yeah, outside of you know some very strong exceptions." Uh, I picked up a Hammer Bro. Uh, here I'm gonna oh, send okay. you a link here. Uh, I like Hammer Bro. So he's not perfect, but for World of Nintendo, he's real okay. You know. Um, he's not like super posable, but he is just posable enough for a hammer, bro. His accessory is a hammer. Um, you can put him into a pretty decent, I'm about to throw a hammer at you kind of pose. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with him. Also because like world of Nintendo toys just are a nice scale for Nintendo stuff. And I don't like a lot of Nintendo stuff enough to want toys of most of it. Um, I have just, ever since I was a kid, I always thought the hammer brothers were the badass turtles. Uh, I always thought they were the coolest characters in Super Mario Brothers, uh, partly because they were so hard to deal with, for me, at least. And um, I don't know where they're at now, but I, I saw they had whatever this wave is. And also, I think Iggy Von Koopa, or Iggy Koopa, whatever his name is, one of the, one of Bowser's kids, uh, was in the wave. I looked at him, too, and I was like, I feel nothing. They had, like, Raccoon Suit Mario. I felt nothing. They had Metal Mario. I felt double nothing. But Hammer Bro uh, super did it for me. So I'm, I'm happy with him. He's still overpriced, I think, for what he is. But um, I, I had my EB Platinum discount, which knocked a whole dollar off the price. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I won. The, the biggest problem with this guy is his knees are sideways cuts. Um, it's not like a knee joint would have done a whole lot for him. It's just that like his knees being sideways cuts means he has that thing where if you turn them the wrong way, they they slice the sculpt horizontally. And then he has weird, just jutting out pieces of of leg meat on his on his knee, and like you have to twist them to just a certain position so they follow the the bend more naturally. Um, 
but yeah, that was that was really my my big my only what I got this week uh, get. Uh, but I'm I'm happy with it. Seth, do you, do you ever get tempted by this world of Nintendo stuff? Um, I think I got some of the early ones, like uh, I got Link and Samus, yeah, like early early ones, and that's been it. Yeah, now, a lot of it a lot <laughs> of it doesn't really do much for me. But the Hammer Bro was kind of like with uh, Wario and Waluigi. Those were those were the other two figures from this line I've picked up. Uh-huh. Um. And uh, and I'm quite happy with, but it's like they're just fulfilling just right this little niche where it's like the aesthetic of the character doesn't have a lot of room for other kinds of articulation, and you covered all the you know handful of joints I absolutely wanted on this thing, so it's uh it's just good enough for me. <laughs> um, I might I might end up getting a second Hammer Bro because they are the Hammer Brothers, so you know you, you can't just have one right like it's. Yeah, they got to be on different level platforms. Yeah. Whipping hammers like nuts. Making it real hard for me to get by the screen because I don't know if I can <laughs> jump at them because what if I, when I jump at them, they jump down and just land on my head? Uh, yeah. Oh, those things gave me panic attacks as a kid. They were a lot of panic attacks. I've had, they, gave me, they gave me what little kids call panic attacks as a kid. Um, but yeah, that about does it for my what I got this week. Uh, I'm just looking around seeing if I'm forgetting anything, but no, I... Uh, you know, I grabbed I grabbed a couple magic singles to finish off some decks that I wanted to tool around with, but you know nothing nothing huge. Um, like I said this before, but like going into this whole thing, knowing that it's best to just buy singles if you're not uh, wanting to kind of just spend money for the fun of opening blind boxes that are booster packs, uh, it makes it all a lot more easy to deal with uh, this this whole game. Um. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, trying out some other formats very soon. I'm going to try Pauper out in a little bit, and that should be fun. Wow. Did you get an Umber Hulk miniature to paint? Uh, I have not yet gotten an Umber Hulk miniature to paint. Oh, my God. But I also wasn't looking, so it's not my fault. Oh, my God. Um, Seth, did you do anything what new off topic this, this week? Did you get an Umber Hulk miniature to paint? No. Oh, well, oh, man... I didn't. I, I haven't gotten any new miniatures. Um, I painted a miniature for the guy DMing the game that I'm currently hey! in. It was a wizard. Um, so I did that, and then I started painting some Game Workshop orcs from the. Uh, was it the Shade Spire? Oh yeah, the the kind of like painting. small scale game or whatever. Yeah. Um, when this local game and hobby shop had a sale of like a month ago um everything was what is it 10 percent off whatever the deal was i grabbed the uh the orc and skeleton packs because they just look rad and i wanted to paint them yeah are those the ones where they are uh cast in, in a certain color yeah 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 all the troop types are different colored which is fine if you just want to play the game and not worry about painting them i think it's cool when companies like games workshop do that to kind of like you know throw a bone to people who just are really daunted by painting where it's like it's okay if you just put them together and start playing you know please do paint them but you know here you won't be stuck with just like solid gray miniatures yeah i mean yeah yeah that's fine if you're just playing i mean it helps when you're playing because you know your dudes are green and the other guy's dudes are red or whatever yeah. um 
Yeah, so I started the orcs. Um, so they, they're on sprues, so they're all assembly required. So I'm doing all the base base coats on, on the sprues. And then I'll do like the um, the highlights and washes and stuff. At least half assembled. And it looks like they're they're made to just be like kind of friction fit together. Yeah. Like not even necessarily snap fit. Um, so like as I'm putting them together, it's like, oh, you know, if I put the this arm on, it's going to make it hard to reach this detail. So maybe I'll I'll paint all this first and then I'll put the arm on. Kind of like when I was doing Space Marines, and it's like, okay, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to paint the crest on their chest Yeah, <laughs> if I put the gun in their hands, because the gun's in the way. And you also got to be able to make that judgment call, right, of, like, some details is like, am I ever going to see this part of the cape? Because yeah. it's super important to get the, the part of the cape that's way up under between the cape and the, you know, the back of the tunic. Right. Um and uh my lizard man barbarian got to level five this weekend hey, ding he congratulations on, on saturday he he was almost killed by a roper is that like the double dragon um, as he should have been no okay um it, it looks like a stalagmite okay until it goes bananas on your ass oh, and no. then it has this one big eye and a giant fangly toothy mouth fangly and and like hella tentacles that come whipping out they have a super long reach and they get a bunch of attacks per turn they could seriously jack a party to bits Mm -hmm. and i should have gotten jacked to bits like my guy getting downed and almost killed is exactly what should have happened (laughs) so i couldn't be upset about it because while the rest of the party was goofing around me and one other guy went to figure out how we're going to get up this waterfall to the next part of the the cavern and he goes, <laughs> use your sword and hack down that vine, and then we could use that to climb up, and that's what set off the roper. So when the DM throws the miniature down, I'm like, well, one or both of us is about to get dusted, <laughs> and then I was the one that got dusted, and I was like, exactly how that was supposed to go. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm still kind of kind of creeped out by the idea of stalagmites like coming to life and throwing bananas on me. Going bananas or throwing on bananas throwing on bananas. me, like either one. Well, the piercers are what look like stalactites until they just let go and drop on your head. That's not cool either. And then start jacking your your stuff Don't up. Jack my stuff up. Don't fall <laughs> on my head and jack my stuff up. That doesn't help either of us. Um, oh, cool! Uh, got got the continuing adventures of uh, of tabletop Seth. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, if if that's all for what we got, then, uh, this is a, a quickie. But as we explained, we do we do try to get things this each week. Just right now is a uh, a weird time to try to get things. <laughs> yeah, like, and the only place left for me to hunt are targets. And I just haven't been to a target in a little yeah. while. Because I've, I've also just, I mean, granted, part of it is I'm really, like, letting a lot of my hobby time go into magic right now because it's new to me. And it's, you know, engaging yeah. and fun. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, that's, the, I'm in the exact same boat. Yeah. 
And I mean, I'm certainly like, you know, if I'm if I'm downtown, I'm checking all the spots. Like I even checked Toys, Toys, Toys a few times to see if they got in any like, you know, older stuff I might have missed. Uh, they still have that that two pack of Rid 2015 Bumblebee and Grimlock, the, uh, you know, the remolded fall Cybertron Grimlock uh, for like 50 bucks, which is still about 10 bucks more than what I want to pay for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, nothing else new there. So uh, I think I'm going to I'm, I'm pretty soon I'm going to. uh get a hold of the iron factory skyfire and that'll that'll kind of break the the robot drought um of the last couple weeks but you know i've I've still been having fun my own ways (laughs) uh anyway thanks for tuning in everybody um and if you haven't already, please check out the uh, the convention prep that went up before this episode. Uh, we had a quick talk with Donnie from uh, TF Expo about their uh, their 2018 show, which is a real uh, turning point uh, for them in general. New venue um, in a in a bigger metropolitan area. Uh, and uh, until until the next one, if you already listened to that and then you listen to this, then I guess you got you're caught up. So congratulations, unless. This is in the future, and there's already another podcast out, in which case you better run over there in, a, in, a, in about a minute. Uh, my friend, uh, in the meantime, Seth, thanks for joining me. Oh, happy to. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for listening to us. We are WTF at TFW, and we will talk to you again. <sighs> Yesterday, we stumbled across this YouTube channel where this guy gets a hold of, opens, and then eats, or at least tastes from very, very old military rations. I know at least three YouTube channels that could be. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, this guy opens one. That This isn't even the oldest that we saw him take bites from, but this is from like 1982, an MRE. Yeah. And he opens the pack that had crackers in it. And, and he's just like, oh, yeah, no, those are no good. They smell like bleach. I'm not going to eat those. And then, like, he keeps coming back to him and goes, yeah, these are definitely bad. Um, I don't need the trouble from those. I'm not even going to try those. And, like, he tries the stuff that's safe that, that he thinks is safe to try. <laughs> and some other stuff is clearly bad news. And he goes, the crackers, I'm not going to do them. Oh, what the hell? And he breaks off a piece of cracker and throws it in his mouth. You know, the, do you remember the channel name at all? Um, it's something 1982. Something 19. I, I could find it. I subscribed to it so I could find it again easy. Um, yeah, that doesn't, that channel name doesn't sound familiar to me. The guy's got this really weird, like, laid back tone. And like so he'll open everything and have it laid out on a table he goes all right now let's get this on a tray and then it just like hard cuts to this old tin stamped tray and now everything is just on the tray and so just hard cuts to that and he's like nice <laughs> <laughs> nice i've been watching a lot of uh la beast recently oh boy got turned on to that channel uh genuinely makes me laugh mostly it's not that he's like doing stunt eating so much as it is 
that like he has nobody helping him and some of his stunt eating ideas are very complicated <laughs> so like one of them was like i'm gonna put 10 mcdonald's cheeseburgers through a juicer and eat whatever comes out and it's like okay cool but then he's like, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to – I have a big jug of Coke in front of me, so I'm going to dunk it in Coke, put it in the juicer, push it down with the plunger, and eat what comes out in the conveyor belt. But, like, he's doing one burger at a time, so it's, eventually it, it's him trying to juggle these three tasks at the same <laughs> time, and he's just – he clearly can't keep up anymore. <laughs> I was just sitting there watching him laughing, and I'm, like, saying almost out loud, I'm like, dude, get one person to do the mechanical work for you so you can just eat the goo that's coming out because this is like 12 times harder now that you're trying to eat the goo and you have one arm stretched up to get <laughs> stuff in this giant juicer and another arm stretched forward to dunk burgers into this coke and you're doing all this but you have your mouth on a conveyor belt so you can't see what you're doing <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he can tell like about three burgers in he clearly realizes the mistake he's made but he's like oh, i'll just keep going and it was he gave me a good laugh yeah, so this guy's channel is Steve nineteen eighty nine M R E info all one oh, word straight up like M R E specialty yeah um, all right yeah like he opens this British ration that was made all all the like the the labels are long gone from the thing but yeah by researching it he knows it was produced sometime between eighteen ninety nine and nineteen o two. Man. So the main food component in it was condensed beef. And so after scraping away the parts that had turned like black, he kind of gets down to the middle of what was in the tin and decides that that looks safe enough to try. Yeah. So <laughs> he puts a little <laughs> in his mouth and he's like, uh, hmm, uh, yeah, I don't know. And he kind of spits it out and he goes, I'm going to take another bite. And then he takes another bite and then he's holding it in his mouth for a second and goes, I shouldn't be doing this. Then he opens a, a ration, like an army ration from 1973. And there were some biscuits in it. And he starts eating one of the biscuits and he goes, wow, amazing. Like it's still totally edible. He goes, yeah, this is, this is amazing. It's, it's really tasty. There's like barley in it this is amazing. Takes another bite. He's like, it hasn't gone bad at all. No. Hmm. No wait. Yeah. I, I think the oils in it have might've gone rancid. The, uh, yeah, I can feel the left side of my mouth is swelling up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he takes another bite and he's just like, yeah, but you know, it's worth it. it it's pretty good. He goes, yeah, like, yeah, like, it's kind of numb in my mouth right now. <laughs> he goes, yeah, that's worth it, though. And then there was, like, a little pack of three cigarettes, and so he smokes one of the cigarettes, and, man, he enjoyed that way too much. <laughs> he was way in. You end up watching the dude smoke almost the entire cigarette, and he's just like, yeah, this is really, this is the strongest cigarette I've ever had. Because I don't get to smoke cigarettes too often anymore. So I like to really enjoy them when I get to. But yeah, wow. The cigarette's really strong. It's got a great flavor. Tobacco is just higher quality then. <laughs> uh. 
is really weird. <laughs> I'm going to just count us in. Yeah, let's go. Boy. Let's eat some All right. old food. Five, four, three, two, one. I don't know what the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.